Welcome, Welcome to Art with. Fiona Verity. Say it again. Fiona. No. Fiona Verity. And Julie Nicholson. This week's podcast guest is Indivi Sutton, who we met through Marissa Purcell. At the Tim Olson Gallery. At the Tim Olson Gallery at Marissa's show. And we got chatting to you and we were like, we've got to interview you. And you are our youngest podcast guest, which is very exciting. You could be 60, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe just good work done. you just got great skin. (laughs) She's got got great skin for 60. (laughs) No, you are youngest. And we've we've been really keen to talk to someone who's... um, Under 30. (laughs) Under 30. About what you think about the art world at the moment. About art school. Um... So, welcome, Indy. Thank you for talking to us. Oh, thank you for chatting with me. Bless you. And she's got the most amazing cakes for us we've ever seen in our lives. Absolutely. I mean, this is kicking it out of the ballpark. Mate, sorry, Karen Hick, but those homemade scones <laughs> were nothing on um, Fascinated that you used to live in New York and mm. that you went to a Steiner school. Yes. Fascinated that about Steiner and you moved to Sydney in 2016, but you don't sound American. No, no accent whatsoever. Why? I have no idea. I think that we came back a lot when I was a kid and my parents are both Australian, so oh. the voices were always there yeah. and I've always learnt by ear in, you know, yeah. piano and all those things, but... I don't know, it's weird. My brother's American, you can completely hear it. Really? Maybe that's because he's a bit younger than you. Maybe, but you would think that that means, I don't know, it's really interesting, so... Isn't that bizarre? Mm. So why were you in New York and how long for? So I was born in New York, so my parents moved over in 97 for work and then just stayed there because I just fell in love with it. I mean, and then... We were there for a long time. I went to school in Manhattan. Um, I went to the Steiner School from age three in the Berkshires Um, so that kind of started everything off for me I think with arts and my whole experiences in life and how I approach things in life and yeah definitely I mean I I I felt when I met you that you were you had very mature very sophisticated thoughts and values I I was a bit blown away when I met you I was like oh my god you're so Together, I like, you know, I mean mm. that in the nicest oh, way. Not like you're a little old lady in a young, <laughs> young body. <laughs> you're mature. You, yeah. Your yeah. work is very mature and sophisticated. Yes. So we we're guessing that the Steiner education had a lot to do with that. I think it had everything to do with it because from the get go, you're taught how to think in a way that's just embracing you in the childhood kingdom for as long as possible. And so we were given one coloured crayon for two and a half weeks and we were only allowed to use that colour yeah. and it was how many ways can you kind of make it different yeah. and then I think just growing up in New York as well I had the whole art scene at my doorsteps and my parents were especially my mum really an advocate for making sure that we didn't just go to the playground that we went and went to art galleries constantly I spent every single Friday afternoon at the Metropolitan Museum just exploring a new room. Oh, cool. <laughs> it was my favourite thing to do, so... Yeah. Amazing. Mm. And what, what about with regards to paint at uh, Steiner School? You learn um, watercolour, is that right? And yeah, so you start out with wax crayons and yeah. then you get to levels. It's kind of like here where you get to pencil levels, I think. Yeah. And 
uh, when you get to about year four, you are allowed to paint with water. And so then it's kind of, you have to paint towards the edge of the page and work your way in rather than the other way around. And so they're very strict about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so learning to cover an entire page rather than just sections. Yeah. Mm. Um, That's fascinating. That is fascinating. And did they explain <laughs> why they taught you like this? Or was it just, this is the way? I mean, there's lots of different philosophies that the Rudolf Steiner School has. I think a lot of it has to do with this idea of being expansive and kind of not limiting yourself to just a single page, and it can be outwards, and that's how education is taught too. Yeah. But I know I think it's just the way of life. Yeah. And it really does embrace childhood, doesn't it? Oh, that, completely. I love all the fables and mm. you, know, you learn... You, you're allowed to be a child, aren't you? Yeah, and I think there's. it's not about watching television or... I mean, it has to do with sport a little bit, but I think it's more about even when you're in the park, what can you do that doesn't involve a ball, that you can enjoy things and play? And it's just, it's ever-growing, which is what's so amazing about it. Mm. So you went there the entire of your school life? No, so I was only at a Steiner school. I started out in the Kinderhook, which is in upstate New York, and that's um, a very traditional Steiner school. And so you kind of, you've got sheep and cows and... It's the whole, they're very strict. In Manhattan? No, upstate New York. Oh, so did you board up there or just... Travel? No, we lived up there for a long time. Um, for three years after 9-11, Mum moved out of the city and Dad commuted because she just didn't want to be in New York after that. Mm. I did a summer camp when I was 21 in upstate New York. Oh, really? In, in uh, Roscoe, the Catskills. Oh, yeah. Mm. It was incredible. What were you doing there? Well, I was teaching the kids how to make stained glass windows really oh, badly, really badly. But I, I didn't know anything about it. Anyway, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful, beautiful area. It was pretty amazing to kind of come out of the city, and then we had all this space all of a sudden. So you're going from a small apartment to a big block of land with a small house, and Mum would just roll out massive rolls of paper, and you would just draw all day long and just make fairy houses and because she got so invested in the Steiner thing mm. that's just all we did well, it, it is a, a family commitment I think some of my friends whose children have been to Steiner schools they really everybody immerses themselves in mm. it you sort of, somebody described it once to me as regular school is black and white and a Steiner school is colour yeah. and I thought wow that's actually quite poignant really it's quite a good way of describing it yeah. Well, it sounds like you've sort of been to art school your whole life. Yeah. In a way, yeah. Mm. I think with the Steiner and then how my parents brought me up, I think it's. I feel like for me, my practice and how I've learnt has been a continuous journey rather than just fragments of things here and there. And I've always done lots of programs at different unis in the States or I mentored with Pat Miller, who's the artist out there. Mm. And... I worked with him for a long time when I was about 15. So. Oh, wow. wow. So when did you move back here? 2016. 16. So how old were you then? I was 16 when we moved oh, here. 16 when you moved here. And then you were, so you did your HSC here yeah. in a normal school? I went to St. Catharines okay. in Waverley. Um, and I went to a normal school prior to that. I went to Southampton Public School. So it was very American football team, cheerleaders, the whole shebang. Oh, my goodness. I know. It was quite... What was that like? It was... Amazing, actually, because you suddenly... I mean, the Hamptons on Gossip Girl and stuff, it's so... It's such a world. I think that every... Especially Australians go, oh, you lived in the Hamptons. It's glamorous, and it's, it's really not in the wintertime. It's very remote and farming and fishing village, and um, everyone in town knows each other. 
And you, it's amazing because there's a big Indian reservation right in Southampton Town, so you've got lots of different groups of students in the school, which is pretty amazing. Mm. So you, it's not like being, I think, in a Manhattan private school, which is what I had before that. So I've had lots of different, yeah. yes. I think, learning curves and experiences. Yeah. What was it like coming back to Sydney? It was a big shock. Massive shock. But I've always felt very Australian. Um, so I was very excited to come back or move here, really, not come back. Mm. Um, and it took a bit of time, I think, to get used to the structure and the fact that things here are very old school, especially in school. Yeah. Um, but once you kind of got over that, it was pretty it was pretty fabulous, pretty amazing place to live. Did you have to sort of couch turn a lot when people were talking because you're thinking you have no idea? Or... No idea what anyone's no. saying. Well, a lot of people in... Sydney, I guess, haven't had the worldly opportunities that you've had, so it is hard sometimes, I'd imagine, to sort of have conversations with people, especially about art. Where, um, how did you go? Did you do HSE art? I did do HSE art. And did you come up with some ideas and your teachers went, no? Um, I mean, a little bit and also not so much. I think my idea was very, it still is kind of intrinsic to what I've been doing now, which is based around memory for me and feeling. And for them, um, that was a little scary to have a whole concept that was driven around that, but it ended up working out really well. So, so you, you so okay. So let's talk about your current body of work mm. that you're working on. So you um, had a piece in the <coughs> little things, the little um, things art prize right, this yeah. year, which was online, which Julie also had a piece in. Mm-hmm. Didn't yes. get a show out of it. That's so close. Yes, so right, Julie's have gone green because in DV was the lucky, lucky one fine. to get a, a, a show. So Kitty said right from the start, the gallery director, that she was going to award several people a show at St. Cloche. Yeah. And um, well done, you, because oh, you're you. one of these um, people. And the body of work that you're working on right now is for that show, is that correct? Yes, so... Yeah. Everything kind of started, I think, with the still life. That's probably the what I focused most of my practice on throughout my life. I think I learned more about form and structure then, and I did a lot of courses at RISD that focused around still life. And that was a way... So what was RISD? Rhode Island School of Design. Okay. So they offered um, summer intensive programs for university students and high school students. So I used to do a lot of those because just to expand. Yeah. So it's like going to national art school for a summer school. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, and so still life was kind of where I started and I understood the structure and I went, okay, well, how can I develop this so it's more than just a still life? And so the whole body of work began with this idea of, I guess, coming within and trying to figure out how to expand beyond that and really understand my own feelings surrounding them. And so the whole body of work really is, that's how it led to stains and the idea of memory that's kind of passing through the whole time. Cool. So was that like a continuation of work? Because you were studying at Sydney College of the Arts, Mm. but you've put it on hold. I've just deferred for the year. Deferred for the year. So we'd love to talk to you about studying at Art College here because we're always talking to artists about what do you learn at art college and we don't want to be dismissive because we obviously think it's really valuable but what have you learned at art college i've only been there for such a short amount of time i was only a first year student and so i was going into second year this year you learn 
how to think again and how to think expansively and I think that's amazing and conceptually especially in first year there's a big push for conceptual thinking um and you kind of start out like that and then I think that the big thing is the artists and how other artists can then influence you um but then I guess I've had such little time, it's hard to kind of so relate to people who have finished art school. Sure. So have you deferred because of um, COVID? Yeah. Yeah, so were you... I just can't get my head around how you can study art. Were they suggesting you did it online? Online. But how? Um, I know some people who have done it. They think a lot of it in first semester was Zooms and online, and then second semester you could go in a little bit, and then a lot of practical was still taught online. I personally just didn't, mm. couldn't do that myself, and I was just happy to just wait until things. Yeah. Right, exactly. I think next year we should get back to a bit more normality. Yeah, I think yeah. art degrees on, online are, mm, depends what you're doing, but it would be right. very hard. I, I, and also, you know, to be around other students, that's that would be half the thing about going to art college is the, the yeah. peers. Yeah, well, constantly bouncing things off each other and just even being able to look at lecture and just go what do you think and to have yeah. that over zoom there's just not that connection that I really needed in my practice yeah. um yeah exactly so we wanted to ask you have you or do you know you will does the art college course what is the course called you're doing so it's a bachelor of visual arts advanced studies is what I'm doing okay is there any element of like business studies admin skills how to talk to galleries how to approach a gallery what you're going to do when you leave art school um i didn't experience that in my first year i don't know what that is taught in third year um i can't from what i've heard not so much Mm. but I mean, it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking with the lovely Amber Cresswell about last Mm. week and we were discussing about how she gets obviously approached on a daily basis by emerging artists and she feels that um, there's a real gap where artists, they can be, you know, phenomenal practitioners but they don't have the skills to approach gallery owners or curators mm. and we were saying it makes sense to be teaching this in art school yeah but um but you've actually had an almost um it doesn't really matter whether you have that at art school or not because you are an assistant to can you say her name <laughs> antonia maljak maljak i've, I've been it's calling her maljak Mil- <laughs> great <laughs> So you're an assistant there, and so you are also in the studio with Marissa Purcell and yeah. Alan Jones. And Ashley Frost and, and um, Graziella. I can't pronounce her last name. That's <laughs> really bad. I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, no. So you've, I mean, that is so amazing. How did you get that gig? So when COVID happened and things started to quiet down, I just had probably about a month and a half, two months of art school, and I went, I can't. Do, it's so hard to be on your own and doing something, especially when you've just had a full year of art school and you're being pushed by lecturers. And then, I, you know, I was painting on the side, but it just wasn't right. And I went, well, what if I just go and just see how someone in the real world does it? And I saw Antonia at Sydney Contemporary. Yes, when she was painting that enormous... Enormous. Oh, my gosh. I think, I can't even remember. I think it was like 10... It was insane. It was ridiculous. So was she, like, up 
on the scaffolding throughout the show. The, throughout the entire show, start to finish. So and cool. I remember seeing it just going, this is just, she is just unreal. She is. She's, like, she's gutsy. Who does that? And yeah. I was like, well, her. So um, I had a mutual friend, Floor Valley Rideau, and she... I said, oh, I'd love it if you could introduce me to her. And so then I called her up and I said, hi, can I clean your floors in your studio? Yeah, Good on you. Good on you. It's fantastic. Yeah, and she went, sure, great. And I went, look, if it doesn't work out, we can just yeah. farewell. And um, we've been together nine months now. Oh, <laughs> it's a long relationship. It's good. That's, That's so a clean good. floor. Yeah. You have learned so much from working in a studio. So much. Things that I, I don't even think that I would think that I should know and she's been amazing she's really taken me under her wing and gone okay well this is what you did and this is what you're you were really good at and so how can you then push this beyond and get this to a point where you're really happy with it and it's kind of deeper than where you were before and um showing me I mean I was really lucky that when I started with her she had her she just kind of started with Nanda Hobbs and it was before her show. So I saw the whole process mm-hmm. of that too and start to finish, which was, I mean, how are you going to get that anywhere mm. else? I totally agree. And I think it's such a shame that they don't offer apprenticeships mm. at art school and obviously practical reasons. People are busy. People don't like people in their studios. Sure, yeah. But surely there's artists out there that are really needed as someone to sweep their floors and, and get the canvases ready and yeah you know yeah. well it was always like that wasn't it when you look look back to the past i'm sure every master had you know numerous assistants yeah of course i mean i think it's important because really if you are someone who's an artist and it is so much about sharing you share your work and you share your feelings and why shouldn't you do that to help someone who's young and has no idea? Mm. Um, and then it was pretty remarkable. I remember walking into the space and seeing Alan Jones Studio and Ash and Marissa and Graziella, and I'm just like, oh, my God, where am I? I was like, this is unbelievable. But you did it yourself. Like, you instigated it. Good yeah. on you. That, that's amazing. You've got to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get it. No, exactly. I think that's been a big thing for me throughout life. I've never been really afraid to kind of just push for something and if it feels right new, that's the new york the new york kind yeah, of way exactly. you know you walk in front of a cab they're not going to stop you just put your hand out exactly. <laughs> that's right maybe that's why so so you're gonna you know the preparation for your show at saint cloche mm. you've got all these people to bounce off because a lot of people when they come out of art school i would imagine have no one to mm. either bounce their work off to ask about shows, what do I do next? Yeah, I did an arts degree and literally came out of college and went, oh, let's go travelling. Well, you came I, out I with that hangover and that. But I didn't, I didn't know what the next step would be. Yeah. So you've already taken that next step, which is great. I know, I've gone kind of backwards for now, and which is amazing, and I couldn't be more excited for next year and this end-of-year show. But... Um, I mean, it is amazing having work in there and I'll bring work in there and, you know, she'll go, hmm, and she'll go, what do you think of this? Mm -hmm. And just things that you wouldn't even be able to pick up or Alan will stick his head and go, that's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh, no. (laughs) That would be quite overwhelming as well, I'd imagine. It was really overwhelming at first and they were all like, oh, bring your work in. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> that's like you know, like an amazing good. chef, and you're taking in your like chocolate chip cookies and going, oh, "Would you like to taste?" <laughs> exactly, <laughs> they're like it's a bit chewy. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, they're fantastic. And I think you've got to be brave and you know, give it a go. And I, I actually think a lot of artists out there would happily take people under their wing, but perhaps people just don't ask. That's I think right. that's all part of it. I think if you don't ask, I mean, you don't know. No. Like what you said. And it's so important to have those experiences because otherwise how are you going to develop? Yeah. And what I learnt from it was obviously my work and what I've learned has all been part of a journey for me and it's not really from this course or this thing and that's fine and I really love that about how I've learnt about art and life and creativity but to not have those with another artist and their experiences I think so how do you start so let's talk a little bit about your process how do you go about um so still life is your inspiration that's how it began. Okay, so do you start with a physical setup? I used to, yeah. Okay. And I had my setup and I used to use photography a little bit um, as an influence. I've always dabbled with it. And then I went, I need to change this. I, this isn't. This is too rigid for me now. And so I just started with the very basics of it. And so that's how, for the little things, art prize, I got to... Well, I was doing it before, but that piece, there was the lemons and the stain. And yeah. It was just about simplifying everything and just focusing on the colour and the forms. Um, And then that's how that's transformed my other pieces for the show. So there's been a big focus on stains. And for me, that's just my experiences and the memory associated. So each stain and colour kind of transcends through that. Mm. And what what, um, materials are you using? So I work on raw linen um, and then I use pigment powder and acrylic, but mainly powder. Okay. I just bought some. It, I used it today. It's so fun. It's so much fun. Do you use it dry or do you mix it? Both. So yeah. I use um, <clears throat> a bit of water with some of them or I just use it as the powder. Mm. And it's it's nothing like I've ever kind of used before. It's amazing. And it's so... It reminds me of being at Steiner. It reminds yeah. me of this magical kind of feeling yeah. of when I'd shave my pencils and you kind of would get the dust of everything and you just use your hand and wipe it. And it's it's just, almost like an alchemy. There's more of a sort of magical, mystical... Mm. And it's pure. It's yeah. so pure. So pure. So do you use mediums to mix with the pigment, perhaps? Or? No. <laughs> okay, just water. Just water and a little bit, sometimes a little bit of um, like acrylic flow medium. Yeah. Just okay. to thin things out a bit. And do you have a preference? Have you come across any ones that you really like, like... Uh, brands or anything or I love language I think the their colours are amazing the colours are amazing and then I use rocks too so you crush rocks and yeah and then you can get the just the powder from the rock Mm. my daughter does that all the time the bitch and then covers her face yeah so why do you use unprimed linen because a lady at our art class uses the backside of a prime canvas and I love it it just soaks it up I can see some it just soaks up the thing. It has a different texture. Completely different texture. Yeah. I tried to work with primed linen and it just, it didn't feel natural to me. It didn't feel like things did when I used to use paper in school. It mm. didn't have that feeling of being absorbed and it all becomes one. Yeah. Um, so I use the, like your friend, the backside of the linen and it's just, there's so little paint on there. It's amazing to kind of work with. And do you like the colour as well of the raw linen? As I opposed love it. to white, you've got that lovely mid-tone. It's gorgeous because it turns white into kind of a grey or a vert green and it's yeah. just the most magical thing to watch happen. And then the difference when it is wet and then it dries and that whole process of it is just amazing. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely... You are a very mature artist for your age because it's... 
I think like you obviously mature. Like how, how would you describe your work to someone who didn't know your work? Like what would you say to them? Um, it's all quite probably ethereal in the sense that it's all about feeling. So yeah. when I start a work, I might have an idea or a small sketch, but really it's just putting the powder or the paint onto the canvas. And once I get a feeling, I kind of go, that just feels right. And it's weird. It's like this kind of childlike thing yeah. of just being instinctive with it rather than trying to be too serious with it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're playing. Playing. Yeah. It's just right. playing. Yeah. And do you exactly listen right. to music or... I um, do. Bill Withers is a big... Oh, my um, God. He's one of my favourites. Oh, love. I love Bill Withers. Bill Withers and Dido was in on oh. here a lot. I love a bit of Dido. That makes me cry. Not though. a fan of Dido. Love the Bill. Okay. There's nothing Talk wrong with a bit of Dido. That's why we get on there because we love talking cheese. Chalk and Cheese is a great children's book about a little mouse in um, New- and a dog in New York. Isn't that weird? Not really. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, I'm just gonna. You're just gonna go for it. Julie is about to cut the lemon meringue. That one, Mm. insane. Have you had it? Yeah. It's got a piece of watermelon in the middle. Oh, my God. I don't even know what that is, but this one is looking lush. God, your friends are bloody curious. Julie's a cake addict. I do do love a pudding, indeed. Um, Okay, so let me just cut this off. She's just making more editing for me. (laughs) Come on, have a bit of that one. Thank that you. one is lush. It reminds me of a cake I've had years ago. In that Australia. is amazing. Oh, really? I never would have thought to put fresh watermelon. So delicious. I know. It's amazing. And it gone soggy. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Hey. Okay. How's, so. How's your COVID fingers? Oh, no, sorry. It's fine. It's fine. No. Hang on. We've all sanitised. It's <laughs> fine. I'm good before we left art school. Okay. How do you gather inspiration for your work? Is it... I've started doing a lot of um, less sketching, more memory. Yeah. More close my eyes, diving in, yeah, diving in, thinking of home, thinking of the hills of home. Like, and it just it's amazing what comes out afterwards. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that was like a headland that mm. I live near now, but you didn't even realize. Like, do you how do you gather your inspiration? Um, I think for me, a lot of it is color and nature, and the interconnectedness of those two things are really strong in my process. Oh, I'm like. Crunching into so, the microphone. It's alright. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, darling. It's alright. <laughs> and um, so I think for me, it is closing your eyes and looking back. I mean, I remember being seven and mum took me to an exhibition where it was a Rothko one and I was just standing there and I can just still picture looking at it and it was a bright red painting and going, How did he do this? Mm. Do you thank your mother on a daily basis? <laughs> Because I think we should just give a big shout out to your mum. She sounds cool. For, you know, giving you these phenomenal experiences. No, I should. I don't thank her on a daily basis. Do you thank your mum? Because, honestly... Not everyone gets it. Not everyone gets it. And you're not expected to appreciate it because it's your mum. But the fact, you know, to have had those early experiences has clearly had a huge effect on you. It's changed my life and I do completely thank her for it. Because otherwise... I don't think, know who I would be if I hadn't have had those experiences. We were having a conversation this morning with an artist who took her two-year-old granddaughter to the Lindy Lee exhibition. Oh, wow. 
And she was talking to us about her feelings and experiences of the exhibition mm. through the eyes of her granddaughter. Oh, wow. Which was brilliant because we were saying, are you mad taking a two-year-old to a show? And she said, oh, it was awesome to watch her, her interact and her mm. feelings. And what she saw was, and I remember my mother watching my kids and watching the joy that they have by living through their experience which Completely. I think so you know, well your mum probably thoroughly enjoyed watching you create everything you did I, I I really enjoy when my kids last night my daughter made this card for her boyfriend she's eight um, <laughs> but just instigated it on Serious her own point. like all the years yeah. of craft and instigating stuff myself with her she just picks up stuff now and goes I'm going to create and then she made this amazing birthday card so I'm sure your mum's been thoroughly enjoyed watching you I mean, I think so, and I think that she used to love just having those experiences together. And, I mean, I would get dragged to so many openings at the God knows what age, and everyone was there and they were, you know, they're not expecting a child to be there, and I was just made to look and made to appreciate, and always people come up to me and go, what do you think? Mm. And I think it's so important because kids aren't just about you know the young things and playgrounds it's you should be asked what do you think at a young age definitely absolutely well i think steiner's very good at that it's more about what you think rather than the teacher it's not what you know on, on what you think. kids mm. yeah and it and look in this day and age as like they keep banging on about you know everyone should be thinking about for themselves being creative you know thinking in a different way yeah. and that's how you do it is by asking yourself questions Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So what questions would you like people to ask of your paintings? Um, Good question, Fee. I don't know where that came from. Rip that out, yeah. (laughs) I think not so much a question, but a feeling. Like, what, if you stand in front of it, what do you remember? What do you feel? And I think that certain colours bring back certain memories to me, and only I can relate to them, but... If you stand in front of one of the bright yellow ones, what does that bring back for you? Or if you see a stain, what memory does that can you relate to? Because for me, it's the fact that because my parents were such creatives and we they were having a good time in New York, there would be dinner parties and I'd wake up in the morning and the entire tables would just be covered in wine stains and nuts and bits of leftover crackers and I just go, this is just so cool. <laughs> but how that kind of came through in my work is really interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's like seeing an antique table or something when we've got a very old kitchen table and um, all the stains and the marks and everything has... Yeah, the, layer, the layers of yeah. history. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So when you're working with these, when you say stain... Mm. So do you think of a stain differently as a different mark? So are you pouring? Are you... Um, a little bit of pouring. Yeah. Um, a little bit of also just... Ha- if you put a tiny bit of paint on the linen, what happens? And how much of it can you spread out? And so that's what I do is I start in one area and I kind of see how far I can get the colour to go without it being completely gone. So you in- you're not in control? You- no, not really. Okay. Um, a little bit, and by adding more, you mm. kind of get that feeling, but not not so much. Okay. But where where do you where are you going to go with this series? Like, so you've you've got your Saint Cloche thingy. Like, yeah. uh, are you going to go big? You know, what what are you just going to see where each painting takes you after the end of each painting and see where it goes? 
Um, I think so. I think because this end of year show with Kitty is so soon and then I've got my solo show in June next year, it's quite... It's not a long time, but it, it also is. But not mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of it will kind of come from that and there will be pieces that resonate with that show, but there will also be pieces that kind of extend from those memories and the feelings that those paintings had. Um, I think maybe a little bit bigger, I'm not sure, but I also quite like working small. It's just fun to kind of see and contain it rather than be too big. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, I think they're, they're accessible, accessible as well, aren't yeah. they, for, uh, yeah. um, for people as well. They're absolutely beautiful. We've, we had um, lots of people come into the gallery on the weekend and they were people who'd never bought a piece of art before. And I think wow. the great thing about COVID is that people have got funds that they would normally spend on travel mm. and I'm loving the fact that you know people in their 20s are saying I want to buy a painting yep. and I want it to be an original piece and we spoke to Amber last week about what advice would she give to people who wanted to start a collection and she said very succinctly and well I can't remember what she exactly said but she said that you <laughs> just got to go for what did. you love shut up I'm the queen of waffles <clears throat> Yeah, that's right. You got to go for what you love. Got to go for what you love. And if, you, if you see something and you don't want somebody else to own it, mm. then you should buy it. And I thought, oh, that's gold. I love that. Mm. And I do think that smaller works are more accessible. They're more intimate. Definitely. People are not so scared to purchase something smaller. But also, you create that. And I think with still life as, mm. as well, you know, you create that intimacy that requires you to get in and really look that perhaps a larger work mm. well, we, we were talking about you know um, your generation how do you see the art world like are you, are you scared of it are you not afraid to put on a show yourselves Would are you, do you think the gallery is like not the place for you would you rather have online exhibitions like how does your generation feel about yeah you're, do you, that do you have conversations with your peers at art college about where, what's going to happen after um to be honest no not yet yeah. i think everyone it was really interesting from who i spoke to it was very much you just you know get through art school and you know and i've been i've been entering competitions since i was 15 and that was a big part of my learning because then i would get feedback and what was responding well and what wasn't and I think that a lot of people are scared to approach galleries and I don't, the idea is too big, maybe. I don't know. But I remember walking into St. Claude when I was 16 and I went, oh, my God, this is the coolest space. This mm. is like, I want to have a show here one day. Yeah. Um, and so it's just a matter of doing it. And I think yeah. that you've got to lose the fear. Definitely. But it's so easy, I think, in our generation to be fearful because you look at people who have done it already or who maybe you see that their practice is just beyond what you could imagine. And I think that if you do that, then you're limiting yourself. Definitely. But I, don't, I mean, you've, got, you've obviously got an inner confidence, which perhaps you know, some of your other peers don't have, but you know, that's their problem, not yours. We won't worry about that. But I think that you're right, you just got to give it a go, haven't you? Yeah, it's taken a lot. I think I've had to be brave, it, especially this year in kind of going back to painting because I took a break from it for a while when I was started first year uni and I went I love it so much I don't want to let it go and so it, it took a while to kind of come out again and kind of find it within me and find those feelings again that I used to resonate with and have them come onto the canvas yeah that's great so the show's coming at a good time for you yeah definitely yeah, yeah. 
And then I suppose next year you'll be back at college, so then that will produce another body of work that will go into the degree shows and and then hopefully from St. Clos you'll pick up other shows and it'll go from there. Yeah, potentially, or mm. I, I might just stick with my art history and just um, kind of wait and do uni, the visual arts again, because it's so uncertain right now. Yeah, and I think that's a wise decision. Yeah. Keep going with the the you know the theory side of things because mm. you'll learn so much from that. I don't think you need to do your visual arts degree now. You're doing it. No, I definitely. I think that you definitely. I, I've been asked that question a lot in the yeah. last kind of four or five weeks, and yeah. I think that I definitely want to do it because you can never stop learning. And no, but I don't know whether you necessarily need the piece of paper. You're already so on, on, on your way. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I, I'd like to do it, yeah. and I'd like to finish it because I really loved the push and I loved being surrounded by the lecturers and yeah. the peers. I think it's an experience like no other, and I do miss it. But um, And why Kofa did you... Was Because I've met quite a few people who've been to the National Art School, mm. but I'm, most of the people that go to Kofa are more design than fine art. I'm just curious on... No, I'm at Sydney College of the Arts. <laughs> Typical. That's all right. Research. <laughs> Where is Sydney College of the Arts? It was in Roselle, at the old mental institution near Balmain, and then it was spectacular. It was the last year there last year, and it was. So that they've closed that down. They've closed it down now. Now we've moved on to main campus at Sydney Uni, which is that's no fun. I actually haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Um, they were still in building process when I got there. And so why do they... Oh, it's just better uh, facilities or something? Or I what? think they wanted to unite the Sydney Uni students and the Sydney College of the Arts and not make them so separate anymore because okay. we do study art history with the uni. It's not separate. Yeah. Like NASTARs, they do it all in one. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a big part of it mm. to try and get the business students to see the art students. Well, that made sense now. I was like, how the hell are you? Oh, okay. Um, no, is, is there like a, a sense of a, what the hell's going on because they've nearly doubled the fees for yes? Art What's courses? the chat with your peers on on the way things have gone with the government? Um, I haven't had massive conversations about this with my peers just because I have been there, but I know that there is a lot of distress surrounding it because it's it's not really the right... It's a funny time to do it, something like that too, I Absolutely. think, considering. And, I mean, when arts should be more accessible, you're making it not accessible, which is problematic. Um, well, it's like, how can you justify tripling mm. fees... On one sector, and then I just, you know, I can't get my head around it at all. So, and then they end in the same breath saying, We need creative, critical thinkers. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's where are they going to come from? Yeah. Ooh, don't get me started. <laughs> it's such a tricky situation, isn't it? It is. So, indeed, what artists, um, apart from the artists that you, you see, um, Marissa and Antonio, what artists have really inspired you over the, over the course of your life? Um, probably Rothko and Cy Twombly in the beginning were two massive ones. Mum was a massive fan, so we went to a lot of their shows. And I think being at Steiner and the colours that you would use and then seeing a Rothko and it all kind of coming full circle was massive. And then I th- um, 
probably the light and space movement of the 1950s and 60s, massive influence for me, like Larry Bell and James Terrell, and how they've just used minimalism to kind of look at colour and form and remove everything else. Mm. Mm. Which is, I can see what you're trying to do with colour and form as well. I can see see how that would influence you. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of either artist, though. Oh, really? No, that's why we were very quiet. <laughs> we were nodding like, our heads like... Going, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. must look those up to Are they American? No, I think... I'm pretty sure... James Stroll, I think he might be English. I'm not mm. entirely sure. He's got one exhibition down here, or at a section at the Tasmania... What's it called? The Hobart. Oh, Mymar. Mymar, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then a big museum in London, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Awesome. Well, we will look well I can up. see the influence of Rothko as well, for sure. You know that one. Love Rothko. <laughs> Beautiful, yeah. We'll look the other ones up. Yeah. Um, where... Would you like to see your career in ten ten years' time, Indy? That's a really old person. When you're seventy, <laughs> when <laughs> eighty wouldn't I be by then? <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know because it's all so new to it. This year has just been unlike anything I could have imagined. Like if you would have asked me six months ago what my year would look like at the you end. Never say what I would never doing. say I'm having a solo show at St. Cloche in June next year and uh, you've been hanging out with five of Sydney's top top yeah, artists. Cool artists yeah. and so going to great openings and yeah. parties and No, and you know, and surrounded by amazing artists and the end of your show at St. Cloche so uh, ten years, wow. Um, <laughs> well, maybe not even ten years. Let's just say, where do you see your? Do you want to keep painting and oh, showing and of see course. what happens? I'd love to just see. I think where my practice can go and how far I can push it. And I think it's a matter of just developing within myself more now. Now I've found it's taken so long to find my groove again and to mm. find that feeling where it's just a part of you. And you know you. You, don't, you lose that a little bit, I think, when you're in high school and you are just developing and then, you know, you go to uni and you're asked to think everywhere. And yeah. so just to hone one thing that resonates with you is such a massive thing. Yeah. And do you think you're staying in Australia or do you have desired perhaps maybe when COVID's gone, go back to America or...? Um, I love Australia, so I don't think I would ever leave permanently. I'd love to go and live somewhere for a year or two and study. Yeah. Some residencies, maybe, in some the future? Definitely some residencies. I'd love to go yeah. and live overseas, especially in Europe. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, it's, I'm happy being here, which is nice. That's great. Yeah, it's Indeed. great. Mm. Indeed, you've been a wonderful guest. We've well, no, we haven't finished. We're going to ask her what she's reading. I know, I was going to come to that. Go on, then. Right, go I on. I thought you were wrapping up. No, I was, then I was going to say, you say it then. <laughs> what book is on your bedside table? What book is on my bedside table? Mm, I have a few going. I kind of read multiples at once, which yeah. is really bad. Um, no, that's not bad. I think that's no, good. No, it's good. Well, I know, I, it depends what mood you're in, I think. Yeah, exactly, you can't just have one book on the go. No, you can't. I've um, just been um, reading... Um, the Ninth Street Woman, which is all about 
different abstract female artists throughout yeah. the period. I've just started that. It's quite a thing to get through. Yeah, we can, I'm not going to read that cover to cover. No, you've you, you no. got to dip in. <laughs> you got to dip in and out, I think. I've just finished um, Michelle Obama's biography, actually. Love which it. I absolutely loved. I've just finished that too. I think I'm so in love with her. So in love with her. I and think, what a dreamy story of them meeting and that she made, made Obama chase her. She didn't make it easy. No, it was not an easy catch. No. no. Good on her. And I loved how she, everyone, I thought, especially when I started, I thought that she, you know, was at a different point in her career when they met and she was actually higher up and yeah. being, you know, the boss, really. Um, I, think, I, think, I think she still is. I think she still is yeah. too. But I think everyone, especially people of my age group, should and women should read it because yeah. she's such a go-getter and so influential yeah. as an well, activist. And another inspiring family around her I think she was mm. She, what I loved about reading that book was that she said she didn't understand or feel any um, isms so sexism, no. racism when she grew up she didn't experience any of that because her mm-hmm. parents empowered her so much to do what she wanted and what she felt was her given right Yeah. so she actually, and it wasn't until she became a young adult that she experienced racism or sexism and she was like, oh, my mum never told me about that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think how wonderful that her so parents wonderful. did that. They yeah. really did. Well, they made their whole life about those kids yeah. and making sure that they were the best that they could possibly be. Just and like you, Julie, that's what you do with your kids. Oh, yeah. Make them the best oh, yeah. they can be. No, she's obviously a very good mother. She mm. is. Mm. No. Yeah. And it was such a raw book, too. Yeah. Like, you could really feel her on the other side of the pages, which is what I loved. Yeah. And her story was truthful. Yeah, is that becoming? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had that on the book club list, and I couldn't be bothered. I'll have to read it. I think you should. I did it on the old audio book, mm. which I quite like. Right. And whoever read it was good as well. Yeah, you I'll could do it on the audio. Yeah, no, I love an audio book. I'll yeah. do that. Um, Indy, thank you so much for our cakes, for your wonderful conversation, for your beautiful artwork, and we will come and see your show at St. Cloche next year. We're very we excited. We'll be in, like embarrassing aunties. Oh, that's what I will be. Please don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. It helps my mum and her friend Fiona get more listeners. Thank you.
please don't forget to rate and review and share this podcast. It helps my mum and her friend Fiona get more listeners. Thank you.